0: Hi, I'm Biz. I'm a working parent with a kid and a teen. It's been 10 years since the show began and a lot has changed on the show and in the world. But by elevating the voices of others, we have learned we are not alone and we are doing a good job. This is still a show about life after giving life. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, maybe you aren't failing at everything. We talked to Casey Davis about her new book, How to Keep House While Drowning. Plus, this is cool.
1: Woo! This is a check-in. <laughs> so, I have a three-year-old and a seven-week-old. And last night, my seven-week-old only woke up one time at night for the first time and it was amazing because I got to sleep for <laughs> more like two hours at a stretch. Um, and but of course, my silly sleep-addled mind still woke up and it's the time because I thought I heard her waking up, and I got all the way to her door, all ready to go in and feed her. Only to realize she was still asleep, and I could go back to sleep. <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on over here. We're we're surviving, and. uh I know uh, that you are surviving too busy You're doing a great job. Thank you for telling me you're doing a great job. Everybody else, you're doing a great job. <laughs> and especially my little one is doing a great job getting me some sleep. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for the show.
0: You are doing a good job. You are doing a great job. You are, look at you, getting some sleep. That's amazing. You are living in a lot right now. And that, like only waking up once, that is a little miracle. And I think it's amazing that you only woke up once thinking you heard your child. Good job. I still wake up in the middle of the night thinking I hear mine screaming forever. Even when they're in college, I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> Do you need me to come in and calm you? Anywho, I think you are amazing. You are doing a really good job. Let's see, I'm also doing a good job. I went on, in the middle of all this, I went on a field trip with Ellis. <laughs> and uh, I am the coolest parent because. I'm standing there surrounded by nine year olds. And Ellis says to me, Hey, spell I cup. And I was like, Okay, I will. I C U P. And then all of the nine year olds start laughing. I can't believe you said it. Hey, spell I cup. They're not good at humor at this point. They all just keep asking me to do that. I'm like, All right, I C U P. Oh, she did it again, again. <laughs> you know, I was like, Yeah. I am hard to embarrass. S- spell iCup. Okay. I see you pee. I'm not sure why I'm supposed to be embarrassed. I am not the one peeing, which then got everybody, what? I'm like, I see you pee. You are the peer, right? <laughs> Needless to say, they went up to several other parents and asked them to spell I cup, and they would not. And then they came back and I continued to do it. I also, uh, quote unquote, fell for the old, what's your name? Biz. What am I pointing at? And they're pointing at their nose. And I say, nose. And then what am I holding? And they're holding nothing. I say, nothing. Biz knows nothing. Oh, snap. Really? It's true. And then Ellis came home with one that I had not heard of. And it's taking us to that level of uh, don't, don't make me share this one. Right. But, uh, and it's spell I map and then say enus. I am a penis. Oh, I have a penis. And much to Ellis's delight, we do that one all the time too now. So we're cool. You're not. I'm like rubber. You're like glue. What is it? That? <laughs> That's not it. That's not the one I to do. I'm cool. You're not. You're like school of the summertime. No class. I got them for days. With all of that said, I think all of this sets us up nicely, knowing how much we're all kind of carrying around on what we're going to talk about with our guest today, and I was doubtful, everyone, but I, I think was actually really helpful. We're going to be talking with Casey Davis about her new book, How to Keep House While Drowning, A Gentle Approach to Cleaning and Organizing. I'll give you a sneak peek. One tip is to just use paper plates. See, this is my speed. So stick around. We'll be right back to talk with Casey. One Bad Mother, supported in part by Bombas. Close your eyes and imagine socks, underwear, and t-shirts that feel cozy and soft. You're not imagining it. They're real. They exist. They are Bombas, the thoughtfully designed, better basics that'll keep you comfy all winter long. I love the Bombas socks. The Bombas socks have been on every person in my house's feet. And all people deserve the comfort that comes from socks, underwear, and t-shirts. And that is why for every comfy item that you purchase, Bombas donates another comfy item to someone experiencing homelessness. Go to bombas.com slash badmother and use code BADMOTHER for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash badmother and use code badmother at checkout.
2: I'm Jordan Morris and I'm Jesse Thorne on Jordan Jesse Go we make pure delightful nonsense we rope in awesome guests and bring them down to our level we got stupid with Judy Greer
3: my friend Molly and I call it having the space weirds Pat Oswalt
2: can I get a Balrog burger and some Aragorn fries thank you and Kumail Nanjiani I've come back with cat toothbrushes which is impossible to use come get stupider with us at MaximumFun.org
1: look your podcast app's already open
2: just pull it out give Jordan Jesse Go a try being smart
0: Everybody, I am very excited to welcome Casey Davis, who is a licensed professional therapist, author, speaker, and the person behind the mental health platform, Struggle Care. And we are going to be talking today about her new book, How to Keep House While Drowning. A gentle approach to cleaning and organizing. (laughs) Good luck. Welcome, Casey. Yay! Hi! (laughs) Yeah. I am so happy to be here. I we're very happy to have you here. Before we jump into the drowning, or speaking of drowning, who lives in your house? (laughs) Oh goodness.
3: Okay, so we are a family of four Mm -hmm. people, two animals. Mm -hmm. Me and my husband, and I have two daughters. They are three and four. They're actually two years apart, but they get three weeks a year Ah. where they (laughs) seem like they're one year apart. My youngest just turned three, and then my oldest will turn five here in about three weeks. Ah. So that's them. And then we have two (laughs) cats that we adopted before we had kids that we pampered and spoiled and led to believe that that was oh. going to be their lot in life and until not. we had
0: children. And, and not. N- yeah. No. All right. Those are two little children in your house. Uh, yes. You have a three and four or three and five, depending on the day. And that's a lot. So I'm just going to start by asking, how are you? Well, <laughs> not only that, but we just moved. <gasps> And so, did, did you break a toe as well, just to make life uh, easier? <laughs> well, what's funny is like moving with
3: small children is really difficult. Yeah, but we moved from in the city out to the suburbs, and so we have more space, and now we have a yard. <gasps> so and nice. And so, like, it's been really nice because I make them go outside in the backyard, and mm-hmm. I'm in Houston, so we have had like 70 degree weather, oh. and I'll literally like shut the door. And they'll just go away. Oh, so good. Outside kids. (laughs) Outside kids.
0: Yeah. They have like
3: room to run around and to play and so I'm good. I mean, they're just so precious. I mean, and that's the thing, is like (laughs) I realize like, wait, I'm not a bad mom. I just like have never had a backyard.
0: Yeah, I gotta tell you, space is a game changer that we take for like, it's really easy to take for granted. If you have it, it's also really easy to not appreciate the impact it can have, right? Like we went from small apartment to a house with a yard and like, yeah, it's now that everybody's older now it's like I could use even more space. I mean, everybody's just running into stuff inside this place. Like, you know, the 13-year-old continues to bang into things because their body is out of control. The 9-year-old is banging into stuff because their arms are longer than their legs at the moment. You know? So, like, it's it's really, I agree, and good job seeing it. Like, it's that's a huge, and using it. Because it's also, well, it's...
3: <laughs> It's really validating because I genuinely spent like so much time in therapy when I was struggling with postpartum depression about like, how do I not fly off the handle at my kids? Yeah. How do I not lose my cool at my kids? And like it I I worked so hard thinking that like the problem was my personal coping skills. And don't get me wrong, like I definitely have my (laughs) own wounds to heal. Right. But like I've been amazed at like how much more calm and patient and regulated i am like when my kids go to school during the day and when they come home to a house that has enough space that they can play without being like right up in my grill yeah. and the truth is is just like there is a certain amount of time space and like time autonomy that i need to have in my day and then i'm like ready to go like yeah. full up let's go i can be mom now and when I go through seasons where I can't get that, I have to be really, like, I have to use a lot more coping skills, but I also have to give myself a lot more grace. Like, I'm not necessarily, like, failing. It's just there are certain environments and circumstances where I do not thrive as a mother. <laughs>
0: Mine is when the house is full of people. <laughs> 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 that's been a clash. That's been a, that's been a problem. Um, all right. I want to I want to get into this book. How to Keep House While Drowning, but I feel like it's important to start off with talking about this larger this larger approach that, that you have of struggle care. Uh, can you start by just explaining struggle care, and then I'm going to ask you how to do the laundry, because it's delightful the what you suggest. Okay. Sure.
3: So struggle care came about, it was an off-the-hip comment I made one time when I was talking about how... I don't do self-care. I do struggle care because <laughs> so self-care has really become in a lot of circles, like this luxury yeah. and this edict of like, here are these extra things to do. And it just becomes more <laughs> stuff on your to-do list that you feel like shit about when you don't get to it. Because it's like, oh... <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm yelling and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And like, I also get to feel guilty that it's my fault because I'm not taking care of myself. Right. (laughs) That's
0: right. What do you mean you didn't have time to get your nails done or brush your teeth or change your clothes? How dare you? You are It's always
3: things to add on. It's always like, go get a babysitter. Go get your nails done. Go take a bubble bath. Go pick up a hobby. And it's like, okay, the problem is I don't have time, energy, capacity, support, Yeah. How am I supposed to do those things? And so struggle care was sort of my play on the term self care to mean like, we're going to learn how to care for ourselves while we're in struggle. Like, we're not talking about the type of self care that is like, Instagram influencer, aspirational, like, stuff. We're going to talk about like, if I can't change my
0: circumstances, what can I do to care for myself? Yeah, yeah, I'm still working on that one myself. That's a hard order. And I what I what I appreciate about the idea of struggle and what you sort of take on in this book about how to keep house while drowning. I mean, I will readily say as soon as I saw how to Keep House, I wanted to just throw it out the door because I'm like, fuck you, get out of my house, right? I'm like, <laughs> what? I, how do you know that everything's been falling apart slowly and surely over the last 13 years? But then you get into the book and it recognizes that none of us are the same, that we all have things going on that impact us differently. And so I want to jump into it because... Guys, I'm just going to do that rude thing that people do when they're interviewing a host. I'm going to read a thing right out of their book, (laughs) which I just love. But it it will show you what we're talking about in terms of being different, like uh, the approach that you take. And it's gentle skill building bathrooms. And it's this very gentle approach to, you know, just make it, you talk about how to make it easy. You go through all these things. But then at the end, you say... A note for survivors of abuse. In the abuse you endure, if the abuse you endured involved humiliation, degradation, shaming, or sexual acts, it can be very difficult to clean toilets. And I was like, you are fucking right. It is, you are, yeah, that, but, but why would we think we deserved that grace or space, right? So, with that said, who is this book for, and why did you write it? I know the answer, everybody. But we're going to let Casey tell you. So the thing
3: that I am still stunned by is that I came up with that title. It's like the biggest stroke of genius of my career. because uh, so good. I, yes. What I struggled with was I There are so many different people that I'm speaking to, right? I'm speaking to an overwhelmed parent. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to a person who is single that can't figure out why they're so overwhelmed. I'm speaking right. to someone with chronic illness, someone who is neurodivergent, someone who is struggling financially and, and doesn't have enough support. I'm speaking to old people, to young people. I'm speaking to people who are taking care of their dying mother. Like I'm speaking to so many different people and i wanted a title where all those different kinds of people would look at it and go that's me yeah and so i remember i was literally standing in the target light bulb aisle <laughs> <laughs>
0: and
3: that's i was where, like that's Target's, it
0: target is where all the magic happens i've because decided because i felt <laughs> like that was the phrase
3: that everyone in all of those circumstances would relate to like i feel mm-hmm. like i'm drowning and my first profile picture on tiktok was a picture of me like Gaping at the sky. And then I like, I did like, like whatever that old timey Microsoft paint, like <laughs> with some waves. And it was just like a picture of me drowning. Cause that's what it felt like. And I feel like that's the, that's like the metaphor that the postpartum mom and the guy who has depression, like they both, they don't relate to anything else about each other except for that phrase of like, I feel like I'm drowning. Right. And so it's for that person. And I think also it's for that person who has tried a lot of self-help books, a lot of organizational books and systems, you know, they've tried everything about like tomorrow I'm going to get my life together and then they do it for a little bit and then it falls off. And so they kind of feel like they failed. It's for that person, which is why I make a point in the book to say like, here's why those things haven't been working
0: and it's not your fault. Right, but then how do you thread that need? Like, what did you find challenging when writing this book about not falling into that very trap, right? I mean, it's still a book that's like, here are some ways to, to try this. How did you navigate that?
3: So in the book and in my channel, one of the things that I try to do is, first of all, be really aware of my own privileges, mm-hmm. of the things that make my life easier, and why certain things work for me that may not work for others. And so when I come up with sort of like a hack or a tip, or I try to first tell my story about it. Here's what I'm doing in my house. And here's the mental journey I went on to get to that. Here are the emotions that that has brought up and what I did with that. And here's how this is working for me. So, you know, I hope this inspires you or helps you. And there will be people that are like, that could work in my house. And But I hear also from people that go, you know, a lot of your hacks don't work for me, but the way you describe how you thought about it Mm -hmm. and sort of like the mental emotional journey you took to get there does help me. And I sort of use that same process to come up with what works in my house. And the thing is, is even I'm the same person, but even in this move, there are systems I had in my old house that do not work here because... (laughs) you know, maybe because it's a little bit bigger or maybe just because there's a different layout. Like I was using a dirty dish station, which was like my savior. I had a dish rack that was like to the left of my sink and everyone in my family, like when we get done with the dish, we put it on the dish rack so that at the end of the day, all the dirty dishes are like organized in this rack. And so it takes three seconds to put them in the dishwasher and you're not overwhelmed because you're not looking at like a big pile of it in the sink well, we just moved into this house and the sink is in the island. Oh. It's not like against a wall. So it was like, okay, it's a smaller island and the sinks in here, like I can't put a big dirty dish station on here. Um, So we've just been living with a bunch of yucky dishes in the sink for a month because I don't have a system for this yet. So I try first to tell like my story of this hack so that people can feel inspired by that. And there are people that'll like the hack. There are people that get inspired to make their own hacks. And then I also try to make sure that I'm talking to people that have different experiences than me, whether that's a different experience in their gender, in their race, in their economic status, in their upbringing, and make sure that I'm getting their feedback on these different topics. Because like I can, I can think outside of my box, but there's still gonna be areas I don't see. Right. And so like when I wrote about, you know, this is something that you might have experienced if you came from poverty. Yeah. This is a reason why this might be difficult if you face discrimination. Like making sure that I'm looping people in that have those experiences and being like, hey, does this sound right to you?
0: Yeah. Well, it's I mean, the main through line is this idea of it's it's not you in the sense that you are failing and a horrible person or that everybody else is doing it. And it's just you that's not, which is, which is a really helpful tone. You use some language that I think is very helpful, but let's do some defining of it. Let's start with care tasks.
3: Yeah. So I no longer refer to chores or housework or cleaning or any of that. Like they're all care tasks. And this And that's the other thing is like, listen, a dirty dish station might not work in your house, but the philosophy can be applied to everyone. Right. Because the bigger part of the book is like this change in perspective that unlocks your creativity to create systems and accommodations in your own home. And so the first step is a lot of language shifts. Like instead of seeing it as housework and tasks and chores and all these things, Really recognizing that all of these tasks, the point of them is to care for yourself.
0: That's a hard switch. It makes total sense. Yeah. I'm just, that's hard. And I'm just admitting that. That is a hard thing. It is lovely. And you are correct. But it's hard, Casey. I know. (laughs) Anyway, that said, continue on. I'm just stating the obvious. The other big (laughs) one is like... Instead of thinking
3: about, like, I need to clean this room. Yeah. Instead, I say, I need to reset this space.
0: Oh, yeah. Because it
3: focuses more on function. Like, okay, my kitchen. Like, my kitchen is a mess right now. It truly is. And I used to be like, I need to clean the kitchen. But clean the kitchen (laughs) is fucking ambiguous. Yes. Right? And so if you're someone like me who has a hard time starting because it looks like such a big task... You know, I'm just going to avoid it for days because there's too much to do. But you might be somebody who once you start, you can't stop. And so for you, it's like, okay, you go well past good enough and you're like scrubbing the stove. Because like you could clean your kitchen for five minutes or five hours and there'd still be more to clean. So where do you stop? And so instead, when I talk about resetting my kitchen... It's this idea, and a lot of this was inspired from being a server at a restaurant. Oh, yeah. That's right, Because it's like, okay, Everybody. I don't live here. This isn't my space. Yeah. I don't have, like, an emotional attachment to this space. It doesn't mean anything about me. if There are crumbs. <laughs> I just need it to be set up so that I can do my job. Right. I oh, need it to like be functional. Genius. Yeah. Right? So there weren't these moral attachments. So I started, like, applying that viewpoint to my home, which is like, okay, I don't need to clean my kitchen, but I do need a functional workspace for what I need to do in my kitchen. Hmm. And so, you know, at night, instead of thinking about cleaning my kitchen, I'd be like, well, what if I had closing duties? Yeah. It's right. Break down. Like, right. What, because <laughs> in the restaurant industry, when you get done waiting tables, you have to do these little side quests. But what's <laughs> fascinating about it, right? So you're rolling silverware yeah. you're cutting lemons. But none of those things are things that you need for your
0: shift. Right. They are all things the next shift needs. Dang. 11 years in the service industry, and I just, the only thing I took from that, besides tipping really well, is I had this boss once who was like, (laughs) I don't know why my impression has to be like, hey, this. Anyway, he would say... You lean, you clean. And like, if you got time to lean, you got you time, got time, to, time clean. to clean. That's right. but so, that, so that's sometimes been my, my restaurant motivator that and putting garlic in olive oil and letting it sit overnight. That's delicious. Just jamming some bread in it. Anyway, mm. okay. So, care task, I actually, re, even if I'm not prepping it, for the people, the next day I'm prepping it for myself. You talk about we had a genius call. This woman called in and said that she had some sort of Christmas tradition in which they wrap and then they wrap these things that are hidden throughout the house, and then no, she always I forgets. You meant like rap, like R-A-P, oh, I Lord, like wrap, like R A P. Oh no, this is uh, no, okay, interesting. No wrapping with paper, and yeah, you know, yeah. and every year she forgets, and then it's a huge scramble. Like when Christmas, so this time she wrapped it all when she was putting stuff away. And she said, I didn't think of it as like this chore. I thought of it as a gift to my future self. And then we all joked, if you can find it next year. But in theory, there's a box somewhere filled with a job already done. And so I love this idea of, and you talk about it in your book, you are doing a favor for yourself.
3: Yeah, like a kindness to my future self. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that story that you just told? I'll take it one step further yeah. because I there are two things in life that I firmly believe that you cannot do on time. <laughs> you can only do them too early or too late and that is packing for a trip and wrapping presents. Yes, that is. Or like shopping is, and wrapping for presents, yeah. right? Like you think, oh, this would be ridiculous if I did this now, it's too early. I'm going to wait till it makes sense. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, ah, you're like, right. oh my God, I'm behind. <laughs> So I was in that same spot where it's like, oh, I hate wrapping these presents and it's such a chore. And so there's this thought of like, what can I do to like help future me? Yeah. But also what I decided to do was I bought some stretchy green fabric and I sewed like different kinds of little bags. And I was like, I'm just going to be done with wrapping paper. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like... Ever, like, not wherever. if I'm, like, giving a neighbor, right? But, like, well, when, right. I, when my family gets together and exchanges gifts, like, I'm going to, they're just going to be in bags. It'll take yeah. me two seconds to put a box of whatever I got you, like, into this little <laughs> bag and tie a bow and give it. And then I'm taking my bags back. <laughs> I and like I feel it. like that's really important. It's, like, they're a thing. There's too much it. to do. And so it's, like, I'm going to cut that out completely. And, yeah, I have to spend, you know, a couple of hours sewing these bags together. But then, like, for Christmas after Christmas after Christmas... I have made that job so much easier for myself.
0: I kind of I don't know why I envisioned that for me that would turn into like just brown grocery sacks that I would keep all year, and then I'd put a present in it and like staple like choo, 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 like across the top. Okay. Yeah, happy birthday! <laughs> I can love it. Okay, you also talk about motivation versus task initiation. Okay, this is really important distinction
3: because a lot of people struggle with feeling motivated to do the things that need to be done around their house. And that can come from a lot of different places. And that is a real issue. But the way that you approach helping someone with motivation is completely different than how you help somebody with task initiation. And what I find is that people will say, I have trouble being motivated. But when you talk to them about it, actually, they're struggling with task initiation. Okay, so motivation is a recognition that something is important or valuable, a desire to want that benefit, and a want to do that thing, right? So that's motivation, And there definitely are people that struggle with that, right? Like you can look at your laundry and go like, I don't deserve clean clothes. Or I know that I've got mice and I don't care. And I know I should care, but I just don't care. Like, like there are things we can do to help that. But what a lot of people are describing when they say I'm just not motivated is sitting in their chair on their couch, staring at the laundry basket and going, I've got to do the laundry today. I really want to do the laundry today. I'm so sick of not having my clean clothes. I really, I got to do the laundry. We're going to do the laundry. Get up in three, two, one, three, two, one, get the fuck up, get the fuck up, get the fuck up. Why am I still sitting here? And I'm okay. I'm just going to look at TikTok for a few minutes. Okay. Now it's been three hours. Okay. No, I really got to get this done. And they're they want to do it yeah, and they truly don't understand why is it so difficult for me to engage my mind and body to move through the transition of sitting on my couch to being up and standing and moving towards the laundry. And that is a problem with executive functioning, which happens in the prefrontal cortex of your brain. And There are ways we can help with that, but it's really helpful to recognize that that's actually what you're struggling with. You want to get it done. You think it's important. You want the benefit of that task. You maybe have every intention of doing it, and you just can't seem
0: to make yourself. So with that comes when we think of it as motivation. Again, this is that language, that playing with language and and changing the script, the guilt and the shame, among other things, really gets brought to the forefront, right? Uh, fix that. Well, I think people, <laughs> when,
3: you, when you describe that to someone, yeah. people have this idea that what we're describing is, I just feel so listless that right. I just can't bring myself to do it. And it it's almost like people picture it as this passive, like, I just don't care enough. Right. And they don't understand that many times the experience is that I do care. I see it several times a day, whether it's the dishes in the sink, the right. return that I haven't put returned yet. Yeah. And every time I see it, I'm, I am registering. That's important. I got to do that. There are going to be consequences if I don't do that but it, it is almost like if I had to put my hand on a hot stove, like if that was really important that I do that that day, yeah. there would be all of these weird physical and psychological mechanisms that like my brain and body would employ to yeah. prevent me from doing it, right? <laughs> right. It would be like, oh, I just, oh, that's gonna be, oh, oh, oh. like that's, <laughs> it's this like revulsion. <laughs> It's like you're trying to put in the code to like run, like execute, execute, execute. And it's just going, like (laughs) doesn't, like you can't. It is an active feeling of wanting to do something and not understanding why you just
0: can't. Yeah, that can be a hard thing to explain to someone else. And again, to go back to your book, you do this really nice job of not only keeping it kind of direct and so, sem- guys, the chapters are not that la- like one chapter is like a page. God bless you. And then even with that, it'll be like in dark highlighting the real takeaway, if you need that as well. And I, I have like so many little pages tagged. Another example of I, when I opened the book, I didn't start at the beginning. I skipped around. I'm a skip arounder. And I thought, again, oh, God, I'm about to feel bad that I can't get anything done. And the first chapter I opened was chapter 27, gentle skill building, a system for keeping your car clean. And this I chapter- I was going to be that chapter. Yeah. And you're, like, it's essentially, it starts with, I don't know, friends, my car looks like shit. I haven't figured this out yet, basically. And like, that's it. That was it. That's it. That's the whole chapter. And that's the whole chapter. And that is delightful. Talk to me. Let's wrap up on gentle skill building because there are a lot of chapters with that title and I'm like, what's happening? Talk to me about that.
3: So gentle skill building is this idea that we can begin to get curious About what works best for our brain we can start to introduce new rituals new accommodations new ways of doing things but we're doing them low slow and organic we're not changing everything all at once we're I think it's at one point in the book I make the statement that total habit makeover is an Instagram myth (laughs) like we're not making some big sweeping tomorrow. I'm going to start waking up early, having a face routine, exercising every day, eating right. Like we're not doing any of that. Right. And so it's gentle. It's from this place of I deserve to function and my life would be a little bit better if I could have X. And so what's a, what's the easiest, shortest way that I could get there that right. works the best for me? So like one example would be All right, let's say that like you hate that there are clothes all over your floor and you're thinking to yourself, I really want this to be different. And so instead of going, I want this to be different because I'm a lazy piece of shit. And if I could just be a person that would just like walk to the laundry room to take my clothes off, it's not that hard, Casey, just do that. Normal people do that. And you're almost like berating yourself into habit change. And like the change that you intend to make completely hinges on you waking up a different person tomorrow right. with like completely different abilities and ambitions and <laughs> sense of discipline. And so when I recognize like, I just am never going to like walk two rooms over <laughs> to like deposit my clothes into a laundry basket. So then it was like, well, wait a second. So what I really need, like what realistically, like what would I be willing to do without having to ever think about Because like you only have so much energy in the day to like consciously think about what you're doing. And I realized that when I take my clothes off, I need to be able to deposit it into a laundry basket within three steps. (laughs) Like that's realistically the only way that I'm going to consistently throw my laundry into a basket and not just drop trowel wherever I'm sitting and walk off. Because that's how I am and that's how my kids are. And so I put a laundry basket in every single room of my house. If it's a big room, there are two laundry baskets, they are in the bathrooms, they are in the kitchen, they are in the laundry room, they are by the back door. And so now, no matter where you are in my house, if you take your clothes off, you can get it into a basket within three steps. And like, that's gentle skill building It's like, I can take three steps. Yeah, I can remember to do that. I can go, nope, I can take three steps and throw this in. Gentle skill building is I want to I want to start closing down my kitchen at night and I'm gonna start with unloading my dishwasher and that's it. No more, just that for months. I'm just going to do that one thing.
0: It's so. I am also the person who just takes it off and is like, I can't. And my laundry basket's just in the closet. I mean, it's just right there. And I'm like, fuck you, I don't wanna open that closet. Huh. It's because the cat boxes are in there and I don't wanna smell the cat. Anyway, I also. Take it you know, out of the closet. I know, but the room is so small closet. and they make me feel bit whatever. I know. I don't <laughs> don't worry. I will gently fix it. But the you in your book, in your chapter on doing laundry, it is so genius. You suggest having all laundry, everybody's clothes is like your clothes and your kids' clothes. They're all in one closet. Because yes. you're dressing everybody in the house anyway. Why? Yeah carry laundry to three different rooms or two different rooms or put them in like all in one spot. and I thought that is all I have to read in this book like that's it like that's enough like and I but that's that like we talk about it on the show a lot that that oh I don't have to keep all the lunch Tupperware in some it can be right here where the lunch boxes are and I just pull it out and I fill it up and it's gone right I don't those are those little changes that you're talking about that are that just suddenly made something less annoying or less
3: hard yeah.
0: or less like I call I just... that
3: the full-size trash can effect. Yeah. Because like one of the tips that I've heard the most feedback on is like the smallest, simplest one, which is like, I will just never take out my bathroom trash. Yeah. <laughs> and for the longest time it was one of those like tiny little bath trash cans. Yeah. It would fill up in a day and then I would never take it out. And then it caught, like snowballs into trash everywhere. And for the longest time I was like brainstorming, like, how can I work in a ritual of like changing it every day? How can I work in a ritual of like, you know, taking a few steps and, and throwing this away somewhere else? How can I, ma- maybe I have a rule that I don't throw diapers away. And it was like all of this mental gymnastics, to figure out a way to make myself take out this tiny little fucking trash can. (laughs) And then one day, I just looked at it and went, I just need a bigger trash can. (laughs) So good. Like, I just need to put a full-sized trash can because I'm apparently just not going to take it out more often. (laughs) Just never going to do that. I'm taking it out once every two weeks right now and just not using it 13 of those 14 days. Why don't I just upgrade to a trash can that can hold 14 days worth of trash? Oh, so good. It's just, it's, it's so. It's like the smallest changes sometimes. Yeah. It's so good. But we just, for some reason, like don't give ourselves permission to change things oh, in yeah. that way.
0: No. Yeah. It's on the long list of things we don't give ourselves permission for. So let's add that to our list. Casey, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this. It's, guys, this is the most non threatening book on, I mean, like helping you just make some sense of some of the things that make you crazy in your living space. And I appreciate the efforts made to take so many different views into consideration while writing it. And we will link everybody up. Everybody, you know where to get books, but we're going to make life easier and just stick a link in the show notes, as well as where you can find out more about Casey and Struggle Care, which is strugglecare.com. Casey, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Hi, I'm Hal Loveland. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marvel or DC? Fork versus spoon? Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel? What's the best Disney song? We Got This with Mark and Hal. Every week on Maximum Fun, we do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We
2: Got
4: This!
0: Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I will. Doorbell. This is actually a genius given to me by uh, members of the One Bad Sandwich Generation community, which is a lovely group of people who were all in the midst of not only having kids in their house, but caring for their parents or aging relatives. And so I said, you know, my parents, they're in this apartment. They live in separate bedrooms. I need an easy way for my mom to signal to my father that she needs help at night because they both they both have like weird sleep, and he sleeps with earplugs, and you know I mean there's a lot of reasons why just yelling is not going to cut it and They suggested like those wireless doorbells, and they were like under twenty bucks on amazon, and it's all it was you plug in the the receiver into my dad's room, and mama 's got a doorbell, and she can push it and <laughs> what's well, really fun is there's like over 50 sounds. And so my father and I are going through what would play in his room. And not only do they have all the ding dong and but they also have songs like Campdown Races or Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And you think, take me out to the ball game, that's great. They're only going to do like a little bit of it. No, it goes on for one, two, three strikes, you're out. And so the real genius is that every time I'm at the apartment and my father is not there, I'm changing what the doorbell plays (laughs) so that it can keep him on his toes. Woo! Anyway, it was genius, and I feel like it could work in a variety of situations.
2: You're right, Biz. I am doing a great job. My daughter has what's called defective enamel on her teeth. She brushes, she flosses, she does the thing. She still gets cavities. But you know what I did? Because I'm a genius! I started scheduling her for cleanings every four months. And since we switched to this new frequency, touch one, no cavities. So it seems to be helping,
4: and it was all my idea. I'm awesome. I'm doing a
2: great job. So are you. Thanks for the show.
0: I... Love it. Raiden also, well, Raiden just did not make enamel on their back four teeth, their back four molars. So no one ever used that really classy clinical term. Uh, but good. Jo- I am a person who has to get my teeth cleaned every three months. Yeah, no, it's such a good solution. And you're right. You did it. You came up with it all on your own. You did it. You, you, you. And you should feel really Good about it. You're doing such a good job. You are a genius. Failures.
1: Fail, 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 fail.
0: You suck. Fail me. me. Okay, hilariously. We I wrote down my failure before talking with Casey Davis. So now I shouldn't feel like such a failure, but I'm still going to, because I'm in a relationship. And that I am the person. I, I I do not put the toilet paper on the roll. Okay, guys, I am the person that is slowly chipping away at domestic bliss. And I do, I take the toilet paper, it's in my hand. And usually, I'm not getting it until it's like, I'm like on that. I'm like, somebody needs to bring toilet paper, right, or whatever. Or maybe the toilet paper's there, and I just use the last that's on the roll. And I should just, it's not a complicated system. And I just don't do it. I... Also, I'm the person who just puts my plate in the sink while yelling at my children to put it in the dishwasher. And I've mentioned it before, but nothing's changed. If I take a sticker off of a piece of fruit, I stick it on the counter. You're welcome. Going to start taking some gentle uh, care approaches to that maybe. <laughs> Hi,
4: Biz. Um, this is a fail starts out as a genius, though. I looked at my calendar late yesterday afternoon and realized, oh, shit, tomorrow is dress up as a penguin day for my son. So I had enough time after work to hit Goodwill. I managed to find him a black shirt that fit him. I got some other fabric, a couple other old T-shirts. I got my sewing machine out. You heard right. I got my sewing machine out. I'm not good at using my sewing machine. <laughs> my stitches are never straight. But, damn it, wouldn't you know it? I made him the best looking penguin shirt you ever did see. I had a little belly, white belly cut out, sewed it onto the black shirt. I even got the, the permanent markers out and made yellow and an orange at the top to make him look like an emperor penguin. I sewed eyeballs and a little beak on a black hat. Man, he looked great. Sent him off to school feeling really, really good about myself. And you may be wondering, well, where's the fail? well part of, the, well, part of this is the fail? Sounds like you nailed it. You absolutely crushed it as a parent. Yeah, I felt like that all day long. All day until I picked him up, and he tells me, "Oh, Penguin Day is on Thursday." So yeah, and in the meantime, he wore his penguin outfit all day today, and he spilled chocolate milk on it, and he got marker on it, and uh, now I got to try to figure out how to wash the damn thing without mm. messing up the emperor penguin colors I was so proud about, so that he can wear it again on Thursday. Mm. Yeah, I'm doing a, I'm doing a terrible job. Trying really wow. hard, but doing a terrible job. Thanks for the show.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like there should be like a, a resource, a hotline. Oh, this is the hotline. An organization, a group for parents failing at dress-up days. <laughs> this is, damn you, dress-up day. And also, Penguin Day. What is this magical school that your child goes to in which there is a penguin day? You did an amazing job. And your reward is that it was the wrong day and is not suitable for cleaning. So that is the reward you get for all of that effort. At this point, I would just take Magic Marker and color over the chocolate milk and color over the other, or just staple another piece of fabric on top of it. I'm so... Sorry, I don't know how old your kid is. I love the idea that your kids like in middle school, like in my fantasy world, your kids old enough for it to have felt really weird. Show it up, dress like an emperor penguin, and no one, else, <laughs> no one else dressing up. But you know, at any age, I guess you can feel that weirdness. I think you should just dress your kid up as an emperor penguin every single day going forward. Think about all the parents who were driving up in carline and saw your kid dressed as a penguin and then panicked that it was penguin day and they had not dressed their child up. This is a full circle giving sort of fail. I am amazed that they will even let you in to the school functions going forward. You're doing a terrible job.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You are The greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have
0: a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. All right, everybody, it is time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi,
4: Bez. This is, I guess, a mom having a breakdown. Yeah, so what is not happening this week? I live where it's icy and we're not prepared for ice. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. My kids got out early yesterday. They're off today. They're off tomorrow. One of them will be off on Thursday. And all of those I have been solo parenting the whole time. My husband um, went out of town Friday night. And today's Tuesday. He was supposed to get back tonight, like 45 minutes from now, but he's delayed 48 hours. So I am solo parenting through an ice storm, through a few extra things, and I am doing okay.
2: And what put me over the edge is that um, one of my best friends in the whole world is at the cardiologist today. Um, And she found out that she is going to have to have open heart surgery this summer. And I... I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And I just need to, like, have a moment and put it out there and just be scared. And I'm not not talking to my kids about it yet. It's so far away and they're so little. And my husband is out of town and he's dealing with his own stuff. And I know he is also going to be really you know, he's also upset and scared about this, so I feel like I can't just, like, call him, and, and I just, I'm really scared, and really sad, and, like, I fucking hate that she has to deal with this. Um. Anyways, I mean, it's, you know, it's a fixable problem, but... I'm really scared. And there's there's the mommy call. So, you know, I'm doing a good job. So are you. Okay. Bye, babe.
0: You are doing a good job. I, I feel like the last few seconds of your call, if people wanted to know what is it like to have kids in your house, like how does that impact and, like, change you as, like, a person, to listen to you – so quickly switch from sitting with the emotions surrounding your friend and what they're about to go through and feeling so scared and sad to suddenly i oh, i now need to go be mom that is so that's a lot you know what i want to say is it's fucked up but it's also a thing that we all do and have to do and find ourselves in those situations all the time. And I, I just want to start by saying that I really see you and the place that you're at. It is so funny. Have you been reading my text? I literally texted my, so I always find it hard sometimes to like, Check in with Stefan on stuff like when I'm having like feeling overwhelmed and 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 things like that. And I, I recently, texted Stefan, just saying I'm really scared and I'm really sad, and those two things go together. They go together. They they happen at the same time. And sometimes when I can't find the place to sit down and. Speak, speak to him or a friend about those feelings I will text I will say I need to put this out there I need you to see and know that this is how I'm feeling at this moment and we can talk about it more or maybe this is all because it's important that you feel heard it's important that your partner that you give your partner an opportunity to know how you're feeling and where you're at and same with friends and other people in your life. And, ha we keep leading with the stuff that's not the stuff we should be leading with in these rants. That's a lot to carry around that your friend is going to be going. It is scary. It is scary. And you're right. Uh, it's fixable. I, but that doesn't take away the fear, right? That, that And it doesn't take away whatever feelings it brings up for you uh, that go along with fear and it can feel like you are alone and that there is not a place for these things to be put in terms of sharing and and that's a that's a trick that's a, like a trick the world is playing on us because there is one this hotline you obviously use this hotline correctly two People do want to be there for you and they do want to help. And sometimes that can just be sitting and holding hands. I don't know, but it's hard to like wrestle with all of those concerns and fears when you've got little kids, when you have kids of any age in your house. So I just want you to know that I see you, everything that you are sharing is so valid and so real and it is a lot and you are doing a really remarkable job everybody you're all doing a really good job let's stop with all this guilt bullshit I'm done with it let's just (laughs) done with it now I'm gonna feel guilty about saying that I mean it like let's I really appreciate Casey Davis talking about it not being a failure when we can't Get some of these things done, and that it's okay to want our space to work for us, and that we all have different reasons for it being difficult to, to do these tasks that are supposed to be easy, or that Instagram tells us is easy, or that like Better Homes and Garden tells us is easy, or whatever the I don't know. Uh, I'm a reasonable person who is reasonably motivated. And I take my pants off every night and I throw them in the corner. (laughs) That's exactly what I do every night. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe I do it because I fucking love it. I don't know. And that's okay. Maybe from now on, when I throw that, I'm going to be like two points and I'm going to yell, that I scored, even though there's not an object I'm trying to put those pants in that would qualify as a scoring situation. You're all remarkable. You have a lot going on. And if you've got the space, be mindful of the people around you because they also have a lot going on too. So remember, you are doing a very good job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye
2: I got to low down Mama Blues, I gotta slow down Mama Blues, got to slow down Mama Blues, slow down Mama Blues, Gotta slow down Mama Blues, gotta low down Mama Blues, know that right.
0: We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, my husband, Stefan Lawrence, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things. And of course, you our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com.